Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the third sermon in our church's Rock Solid Life series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click on Watch Worship Online. Well, good morning. My name is Chris Stallings. It's my privilege to get to be pastor here at Leeds First Methodist Church. Today we're in part three of our series entitled Rock Solid Life. There's no doubt life is challenging. In various forms, it can be challenging almost every day. But the good news is you might even survive those challenges, even thrive in those with a rock-solid life of faith. And so this series, we've looked at each week a different aspect of how to have that kind of rock-solid faith. The first one was having a spiritual home. And we looked at weathering storms. And today is a little bit like that. We're going to look at enduring trials. There's been a key verse that guides us through this whole series, and it comes from 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 5. I'm going to try something this morning. We do this sometimes. If you see that, if you want to read along, we're going to see if we can read it aloud together. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So that's talking about you and me and all of us and everyone who's put their faith in Jesus. God is building you into a living stone. There's a solidness, there's a rock-solid life of faith whenever you are aligned with Jesus. And so having a life like that, God is intending for you. Today, rock-solid life to endure the trials. When enduring trials, I got to ask the question, what good is trouble anyway? Have y'all heard this saying, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Right? It's like, whew. And then you probably heard this saying, like, never pray for patience because God's going to give you a situation that will teach you patience. Anybody got an amen? Whew. It's like God saw this topic on my sermon calendar. We planned three or four months in advance. He says, I'm going to get old Pastor Chris some examples to share, right? And I kid you not, people are like, man, it's been a rough week for you. And I said, yeah, you ought to see what I'm preaching on Sunday. Anyway, two weeks ago, our air condition in this very building went out in the, or didn't come on in, the, or in this service. And through the course of the preaching, I saw people start fanning. And I don't think it was because my preaching was that fiery that day. It was because the air getting, heat just kept going on. And by 4 o'clock that afternoon, when we hosted our servant appreciation banquet, on this podium it was 84 degrees. Y'all, that's starting to get hot. So we called around and asked for anybody work on an old commercial air conditioning unit. And everybody's like, no, or in six months, or, you know, all those kind of things. We found some good guys that are working on it. And they came out and worked on it. And last Sunday, it worked for about six hours. And then it quit about halfway through the service. <laughs> and I saw some people start fanning again. They came back out and exhausted every effort to try to fix our old unit. And so we're trying to 
cool it with these and there's a thing at the back that's like does water through it or whatever I think the sprinklers will come on if it gets too hot but it's been a headache to try to deal with air conditioning going out well in the midst of that last week last Thursday my ear just stopped like this ear I couldn't hear out of it and it was like nothing else was wrong but I just was like you know how like you're fly in an airplane you need it to pop or something I was like and it would never do it and then the sinus started like feeling pressure I was like oh no and I was feeling good otherwise I couldn't hear and then on this Thursday it started like hurting I was like oh no little kids get ear infections not however old I am <laughs> and so I finally called my doctor no we can't see you for six weeks call around finally found a walk-in clinic could treat me and help me get to feeling a little bit better. Then I'm dealing with my neck. Y'all know I got rear-ended by somebody a few months ago. And I'm having to go through physical therapy and try to do that. And sometimes it still waits. And so it's just like a pain in the neck. Right? And then, this is the top where y'all be like, you know what? You just need a vacation. Good thing that's next week. <laughs> Thursday, they have the Leeds Farmer's Market right outside my office. And it's like the bubbling joy of my life because they sell strawberries in the spring. Oh, these are good strawberries. Like big, and when you cut through them, you know, like you buy grocery store strawberries. They're like green or white in the middle, and they're like, you got to add sugar and all that. You cut through these, they're red all the way to the core. And it's just like, and I go over there. I look around on the table and she sees me coming. And these are my beloved people. We love each other, right? They give me strawberries. And she says, I'm sorry. We couldn't bring any strawberries today because of the rain. Beat them all down and they're rotten in the mud in our field. And it was just like, are you kidding me? And I think I have a pretty normal life. Right? Like if I look at the things of what other people are going through, I'm like, it ain't that bad. But man, it was a rough week just because of this, all this garbage, right? And you've got your garbage and you've been through even worse. I know there's some folks in our church family that are dealing with much worse. We did two funerals last week where people lost loved ones to death. I read on Friday night, a pastor in one of our big Birmingham churches died in a car wreck. We have people in our midst that are catching COVID again. Even today, we're celebrating graduation, but if it's your last one at home, your heart's like, I don't know what to the shout or cry because it's my baby. And so life is filled with trials. And so today, we're going to look at what the Bible says about enduring those kind of trials and the ones that are even bigger. Because sometimes we think, if I follow Jesus, I should have a carefree and easygoing life. Right? I've done the right thing. I've put my faith in Jesus. And so now it should just be like, what's that called? Smooth sailing. But the Bible teaches, and we're going to look at that in just a minute. We should still be ready for trials. If we look to the life of Jesus, we know that it culminated in the death of Jesus where he's persecuted and hung on a cross. And if we follow him, he says, and the Bible teaches, that we're going to experience those trials. Partly because we live in a world where the mistakes of others hurt us. 
sometimes. Partly because we live in a world where things are broken or it's a fallen world and bad weather or things fail. And partly because the devil is working in against you or working through others to go against you to where it can be rough. And so let's look at what the Bible says about this thought of enduring trials. If you got your Bible, I invite you to open it or to turn it on to the book of 1 Peter. It's in the New Testament. If you texted the word here, you can click the second link and it'll open up this scripture in the Bible app or a web page for you. But Peter is writing to a church that has endured some suffering. We've been talking about this church, how they live countercultural to those that are around them in a pagan or a secular world that's kind of like, what are you doing? Why would you follow Jesus? Why would you live that way like as he commanded to live? And so Peter begins the letter, 1 Peter, declaring that we must expect that kind of persecution, but that we must also remain faithful through that. And so he continues on giving direction how we can live for God through that level of persecution. In fact, he begins to assert that suffering is not only happenstance, but even something that is necessary or a necessity of following Jesus. So in chapter 4 and 5 that we're going to look at today, he gives instructions to those who follow Jesus, who are both new to the faith and experienced in the faith, on how to live a life that can endure trials. So look now, we're going to look starting in 1 Peter chapter 4, begin reading in verse 12, and then we'll, as I'm going, we'll skip down into chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, from the New Living Translation, if you want to read word for word. Verse 12, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed. For the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. We're going to skip down to chapter 5 and begin in verse 6. So, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Verse 8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered for a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. He will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. When chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, Peter is drawing a contrast from our expectations for our easy going life with the reality is that you're going to experience trials 
And the contrast between the expectation or being surprised by those not being met and to a response that whenever you experience the trials, he says, rejoice. Expect them and rejoice. Yes, it says rejoice at trials. And so you're like, huh. And he says, endure this because in this age, trials are going to come. And when they come, you're part of seeing the glory of God being revealed in you until the ultimate glory of God is revealed for you and everyone who believes in him. The New Interpreter's Bible Commentary says that in this age, we experience suffering and joy combined. In the eternal age, we will experience just joy. So hold on to that truth. Having this understanding of the way God's kingdom works in this age and the promise of God's future to perfect you or to glorify you with Christ in eternity. And so now, how do we live that way? And so he goes on in chapter 5, verse 6. He reiterates the truth that God is over all, including over you and the trials that you're going through. So humble yourselves under God and the trials he allows you to experience. But as you experience those trials, verse 7 says, cast those on God. Cast your concerns or give those concerns to him. That word give or in other translations, casting comes from the Greek word, iperito. And it means to cause responsibility for something to be upon someone, according to the low and Nydia lexicon. In other words, not only pray, God, I'm suffering, help me. You can pray, God, I'm suffering, and it's because I'm following you. And God says, I'll take that. It's strictly because you're following Jesus, you're experiencing some of these trials. And God says, I'll take responsibility for it because in the end, you know God wins and so you can cast that on God and God says I'll take that then he says give him your cares and concerns the anxiety or the worry that you have when you're going through the trial give that to him because he cares for you so that relationship you have with God is there with you through the trials as he's journeying with you, both providing substance and a promise of a future. Let's look now at how we might live that out in our lives. If you've got your worship bulletin or your online guide, you can follow along and take notes and fill in the blanks. These might be helpful to you as you endeavor to live a rock-solid life. Number one, to endure trials, watch out. To endure trials, watch out. Verse 8, chapter 5, verse 8 says, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Are there any cat people in the house? People got cats? You know, some of them are like purr up next to you and sweet and cuddly and might just sit on your lap and stuff. He ain't talking about those kind of cats. He's talking about the lion that's like, what, anybody ever petted a great big, you know, they can take their whole mouth and put it in your whole head or put your whole head in their mouth, right? Like can eat your head off kind of cat. He's saying the devil's not trying to purr up next to you. You may look like that at first, but he's trying to devour you. So watch out. So many of the times the devil's trying to do that is through the use of temptation. Tempting us 
to do something other than God's best for us. We call that sin. Now, sometimes we'll say, I'm under attack from the devil, and it's really just the consequences for the sin you've chosen or surrendered to, right? If you do certain things, there are going to be consequences, right? You shoot somebody, they're probably going to arrest you and put you in jail. Well, that jail is not the devil persecuting you. It, was, it started with the temptation. I'm going to hate somebody enough to shoot them, right? And so you got to get there when the temptation comes and watch out for that. You know you're tempted in an area, get ready in that area before the battle of temptation comes before it's too late and you've sinned and the consequences will come if you're tempted by lust or porn or adultery or same-sex attraction hear these words from scripture second timothy 2 22 says run from anything that stimulates useful lust instead pursue righteous living faithfulness Love and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. So in other words, if your computer or phone calls you to sin, turn it off. If you're around somebody that leads to infatuation to an unhealthy or ungodly relationship sexually, stay away from them. In fact, replace that with a relationship with somebody that can hold you accountable it's going to be a spiritual guide through those temptations. Replace the temptation of the devil with the good of God. Now there's other ways that the devil will come at you when you're facing the trials. There was two or three times this week I felt like cussing. Because the air condition wouldn't work. Good nabbit. A few times people cussed at me, but no, the air condition's not working. As I know. Tell me something I don't know. But in the midst of the trials, the devil comes at you and he's going to bring stuff at you that may even sound like it's from God because he twists it. Y'all remember this story in Adam and Eve where he, the devil tempted them? And he didn't take a bold-faced lie. There's not a God. He said, did God really say? Right? And so there are going to be times when you're facing temptation in a trial to disbelieve the truths of God. He might say something, are you sure God said he loves you? Right? Because if you're feeling the trial, it might not feel like you're loved by God. But God says, I love you. All the time, every time, God says, I love you. The devil say, are you sure he says that? He might say stuff like, are you sure God said you're forgiven? Right? He might tempt you with that lie, just twisting a little bit of the truth of God. Are you sure God said that? He might say, are you sure God said he'll deliver you in the end? Bold-faced lies of the devil just by twisting a little bit of it. In the middle of the trial, you're going to be like, ooh, I don't know. Right? And so in the midst of the trial, you need to be prepared with the truth of God from your prayer and your scripture and your relationship and the good teaching of the Bible. To know, yes, God says he loves me, and I'm going to expect these trials. And when they come, I'm going to know God's love. Man, I'm going to hate them in the middle of the trial. I'm going to proclaim the name of Jesus, whether it causes persecution for me or not. But I want to know those truths of God. Because in the trial, the devil's going to try to twist the truth in the doubt. And so I want you to endure trials by watching out. Number two. To endure trials, stand together. To endure trials, stand together. Verse 9 reads, stand firm against him. 
And be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Being together in trials, know that you're together with Christ in the suffering that he endured. Right? Christ was falsely arrested. Christ was falsely punished with beatings and whippings and mockings. And he was falsely executed on a cross without any guilt just because some people didn't like what he stood for. And so you're journeying with him when you suffer. You're also journeying with other followers who've suffered. Those that have come before you, those that are in other places, and those that are in this very place and presence together. And so whenever you rely on that fellowship with others, it's a join in arms to journey together. Right? I say, I want our church to lock arms and go into battle against the devil together. When you go by yourself, and that's what the devil does. He tries to isolate one. You ever see those lions attack the gazelles? They don't get the whole herd. They get one off to the center, or the zebra. You know, anybody National Geographic, y'all know what I'm talking about? Lions or tigers are coming after them. They try to get one by themselves. They can get them. Right? Together. So stand together. Part of that is to avoid the discord that breaks you apart from others. Romans 16 has this passage. It says, watch out for people who cause division and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interest. That's the biblical truth behind what a, a pastor, John Maxwell, wrote in a book. Teamwork makes the dream work. You ever heard that? They talk about it in sports now, but I think it originated in his book by that same title. The full quote says, teamwork makes the dream work, but a vision becomes a nightmare when the leader has a big dream, but a bad team, right? And so whenever you're not working together, the devil fractures you, divides you, divides you or divide others from that. It's amazing when you have good partnerships in life and in the church it was really good to have the partnership of Bob Butler this week. <laughs> He's the chair of our trustees. We're trying to get this solved. He was up here working with all the technicians that are working on the air conditioning. It was good to have the partnership of the nurse practitioner that gave me a shot with the steroids that keeps you up all night, but it helps you in the long run. And the shot hurt a little bit, but that's what families do. Sometimes you need the hard truth if you're heading for trouble or you need help, right? Standing together gets us what we need to be able to stand when we're facing the trials. Endure trials stand together. Number three, endure trials receive strength. Endure trials receive strength. Chapter 5, verse 10 reads, So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will give you, or he will place you on a firm foundation. The promise and the process to endure trials means you're going to experience something now. You've got to have the practice to get through this. And the ultimate promise is that God's going to make you whole in the end. In a place or experience we know as heaven. The Bible commentary I was reading on this passage this week says Christians are still called 
and strengthened to engage in genuine struggle with forces whose ultimate defeat we know, but who in the meantime are just as ravenous and dangerous as a lion. First Peter warns us about. So know the promise of God's eternal healing. Revelation 21.4 says, He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. The truth is, some of us will not be removed from the trials of this life until we receive ultimate healing in the very presence and glorification with God in what we know is heaven. That will be the perfect place. And so now you get to experience some joy because you know Jesus, but it's going to be some suffering in this life. There, where and whatever heaven is in the presence of God is where you will be glorified or perfect. But because of that delay and gratification, Jesus says, you're going to need some strength. Y'all may know this from what we call as the farewell discourse in John chapter 14. He's saying, I'm going away. And they're like, can we come now? And he says, no. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust in me. No, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Endure this world. And in verse 15, or excuse me, in chapter 15, he reads what that song we sang about abiding. He says, yes, I am the vine. And you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. So Jesus used the illustration. If you know a tree or vine, you take the branch and cut it off. In a day or two or three, leaves are all withered up and dead. Right? That's you if you're not connected to God. Stay connected to Jesus. And you're like connected to that vine. As long as that vine's healthy, God's perfect, he's healthy. You can stay healthy even when the storm comes and the rain hits and all that stuff. You're going to stay healthy, Jesus promises. But if you disconnect from God, you're going to wither. You're going to die. So stay connected. Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. That is the promise. That even when you endure suffering here on earth, God is working to produce fruit in your life. You'll stay connected to Him. God is producing fruit in you in the midst of the trials. Do not let your trial be in vain. Remain connected to the vine of your faith in Jesus and bear much fruit in your life and those you impact. Have a rock-solid life of faith to endure trials. Receive His strength. Let's pray. God, thank you. So much for the blessing of Jesus, for the perfect life, guiltless death, and his resurrection, that we can put our faith in him, be connected to you. God, I pray that you would go before us as we watch out for the, the lies and temptation of the devil. That you would equip us and prepare us for that, that we might resist that. And that as we endure the trials, we hear your truth and not his doubt or deceit. God, I pray that you would continue to work in us as we join together as a family and as brothers and sisters in Christ to lock arms and go into battle against the lies and the temptation and the trials of the devil. God, ultimately, you would strengthen us for that. In this life that we bear fruit and ultimately in eternity, in the presence, power, in Jesus' name I pray. 
Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again, and God bless.